Hello, and welcome to Yikes. That's amazing. I'm your host, Pearl, and I tell stories that are creepy, crazy, and that keep you on the edge of your seat. I'm your host, Nathan, and I tell stories of positivity, inspiration, and determination. We're best friends. We're roommates, and we're here to tell you some cool stories. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. back. Hello, my baby. Hello, Hello my, my darling. darling. Hello, Hello, my ragtime gal. Well, thank you How's for everybody that is uh, listening you're again. you're still here, you're better than the rest. Exactly. Thank you for uh, tuning in again. We've been having a lot of fun with this. And uh, yeah, we've been getting some uh, positive comments from uh friends and others and uh, we shot straight up to the number one spot on itunes yeah we actually are more actually popular broke than Guinness everybody World records yeah <laughs> little did you know that a little did you, you know it got only to be takes at the frontier of the best podcast that has ever been created yeah it only takes like a couple of weeks to make a successful yeah podcast. people <laughs> make it sound like it's like so hard or something and like it's like literally the literally, easiest like, thing ever it's not hard no We're work required <laughs> it's literally we, the easiest thing we quit thing our ever. other jobs already yeah it's crazy we actually just purchased a mansion <laughs> and uh, okay Okay, anyway. all right, all right, back to reality. Uh, no, but we are actually having a lot of fun doing this. And no, it's the best. It, it, that sounded sarcastic. No, but it is. It, but it's true. Oh, my it's God. True. No, I, I, I understand that feeling. I feel like I sound so sarcastic so many times when I'm actually trying to be serious. And the more I have you're, a problem mo- The more you're that, adamant apparently. on, like, <laughs> like, no, I'm not being sarcastic. No, like, I would <laughs> never, ever be sarcastic. Exactly. Stupid. No, but yes, we're having fun with this, and we've got some more cool and crazy stories to tell you. And um, Nathan's going to Hawaii for 11 days, so yes. we are getting some content get some in content. and Stop i'm going to be pile. doing some research while i'm there and i've been thinking about doing a story that's like based in hawaii to like research while i'm there um but so before he comes back i'm kicking him off of the podcast so that's yeah gonna this is going to become a solo show of no just i'm just going to get a new co-host oh Oh. His name is Hoagie. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Hoagie deserves the spot. All right, anyways. Anyways. So, today we have another twofer. Another mm. twofer. One for you for, one for me for. One for me for. Um, I am going to go first because mine is sad and depressing. And we will end with me because mine is happy and you'll enjoy it and not want to die. <laughs> but then don't worry, we'll get right back to the sadness with my next episode, so don't worry. Yes, we've got another three-parter, or uh, like triple story, like the last episode, where we've got a, like a few of Pearl's mini stories that we'll be doing. So yeah, uh, looking forward Some to- uh, great stories. Want, wanting to cry. to that, it'll be <laughs> great. But yeah, last um, week, the ghost episodes, that was a lot of fun, and they like they were pretty local to us, so that was a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, and we got today's some... story happens to be local as well. Ooh. I did- that's like one of the only things I've told Nathan about this so far is yeah. that it she told me the location and that was it. I did tell her a little more than just the location the of subject, my story. But that's okay. The subject, but I didn't tell her anything around it. But yeah, no. It so would really um, be the end of the world if you told me. Oh what yeah, the, story was the, about. the world would absolutely collapse say, in on you. itself. We're not listening to your story at all today. It's yeah, you like me. you you basically told me all of it. So why would I even bother listening? Yeah. And so I really wanted to find a. Well, some good stories that were based around the holidays, and they were plentiful. I have <laughs> no lack of stories to tell, <laughs> Great. which is going to be part of the mini episodes. Um, well, 
mini stories, I guess, coming in the next episode. But this is about the Carnation murders in Carnation, Washington, which is very, again, very close to where we grew up. Yeah. It's only like 40 minutes maybe from where we grew up. I did volunteering at a weird church camp there once. Um, Surprised you didn't get murdered. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get murdered. I just ate an ungodly amount of cinnamon rolls. Anyway, weird memory. So I'm going to get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Um, my some of my sources, most of my sources for the story today are the Seattle Times, Como News, and Talk Murder with Me, which is like a murder blog slash podcast. Talk Murder I think. to Me. Um, excuse I'm me. I'm so sorry. I don't excuse know if anybody me? can hear that, but that I was have to my restart. My sources for my today. <laughs> um, okay. On December 24th, 2007, Judy and Wayne Anderson were at their home in Carnation, Washington, preparing for the arrival of their children and grandchildren so that they could all celebrate Christmas together. They had been married for 30 years and had three children together named Mary, Scott, and Michelle. Scott and his wife Erica had two children together, Olivia, age five, and Nathan, age three. Ooh, okay, good name. And then uh, Michelle and her boyfriend, Joseph McEnroe, actually lived on Wayne and Judy's property, which was like 10 acres, and they lived in a trailer on that property, which is sick deal, if you ask me. Jealous. So, on this day, Michelle and Joseph arrived at the party before everyone else, which, like, you would assume, because they lived in such close proximity... Uh, no, they did not show up because they lived close. They showed up because they had some deep, dark, ulterior motives. Goody, as you should <sighs> when you're showing up. I'm just going to say this is going to be really sad. So mm. prepare yourself. But you have already prepared yourself. Yeah, you're I was going to say, if, if you're so. here, you're that's what you're prepared for. And if so, you're not prepared for that, then just I'm listen sorry. to my story. Re- <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, fuck Pearl. It's not just listen you. to my story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just fuck me. Actually, don't skip mine because just kidding, I'm no. going to be it's mad be and good. upset. And yeah, no. Anyway. Anyway. Moving on. So when Michelle and Joseph entered the home. Judy was wrapping gifts and Wayne was just chilling watching TV on the couch. Cozy vibes, Christmas tree, twinkly lights. You get the picture. You get the fucking picture, Nathan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) My computer keeps dinging. I'm kidding. So while Joseph attempts to distract Wayne, Michelle pulls out a handgun and attempts to shoot her mother, but the gun jams. So Joseph pulls out his own gun and then shoots and kills both of the parents himself. Oh my. Literally just walks right into the house and kills them. They then clean up the house, hide the bodies of Wayne and Judy in a a shed behind the house, and then they wait for an hour for the rest of the family to show up. So they did this like before a whole like family event. Oh yeah, this was literally the family Christmas Christmas Day gathering. Oh, Oh my gosh. That's like, in, I mean, I, it's kind of when I was assuming, like, when you're just talking about that, it was going to be like, oh, smaller family, like, not, not pe- people aren't really well, showing up for the holidays, like, but like. It wasn't like a, a big extend, extended thing. There was like six, six of but them. But still, other there than, were other people oh, yeah, it coming wasn't just, to show up. Yeah, yeah exactly. just them coming well, across the property just, to like spend time with their parents. <laughs> if only that's what it was. And they were like in their 60s. Oh, yeah. Um Judy, sorry, not Judy. Um Michelle and Joseph were both 29 years old. Um so 
it seems like it was kind of the type of situation where your parents were like, it's just your parents' house, so you just walk in. You don't knock on the yeah. door. So when the rest of the family shows up, they just walk in. Uh-huh. They don't see Judy or Wayne, but they don't immediately think that something bad happened. Because yeah. Why would you? You're exactly. Just like, You're not like, oh, welcome to Christmas. I'm going to assume because chickens. I can't see my parents that they're dead. Right. They're just out doing something else. So um, they thought nothing of it and began to make themselves comfortable. At this point, Michelle walks in and opens fire on Scott, her <gasps> brother. She shoots him four times. <sighs> she then shoots Erica, his wife, multiple times. So Jeez. Scott's on the floor, dead, or dying at least. Very wounded, Erica manages to get to the house phone and call 911. Police dispatch said it sounded like an argument at a party, but the call only lasts for a few moments because Joseph then rips the phone out of Erica's hands, rips the batteries out, and smashes the whole thing. He then shoots her again, which kills her. As her kids, which again, they're five and three? Uh, Five and three. So her kids were sitting right there the whole time? They were standing right there. The kids are crying and screaming and clutching their mother. And while they're doing this, Michelle tells Joseph that she's out of bullets and that he needs to kill the kids. He obeys. With 14 bullets, the entire family is gone. Other than Michelle, obviously. Mary was not there this day. It doesn't say why. So one of the siblings remained. One sibling survived, but by chance of not being there. You know, Erica did call the cops and they did show up at the address, but the gate was locked and they just were unaware of the severity of what was going on inside. Because you said it was a very short call. They weren't able to actually yeah, say what was going on. Yeah, and they thought it was just on? an argument at a party. But, but I'm still, fairly like, certain that 911 calls actually have to be in- investigated. And I know this because when I was really young... I called 911 and immediately hung up. And a couple hours later, oh. a couple cops actually showed up at the door. Oh, no. And my older sibling answered, answered the door. And the cops were like, hey, we received a call from this address. And um, my sibling was like, um, WTF. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Tess is so silly. Oh, I literally blamed you it on You blamed Tess. it on Tess? You are the worst. I blamed worst. it on my younger sister. But also, I probably would have um, done the same thing. She was young enough to where she was like, mm, wouldn't I have gotten in as much trouble for it. what I was doing to her, so sorry about that, Tess. I feel like you I did that you. a lot. Um, listen, I... It's my duty. Your duty as an older sibling. Hey, listen. I... I'm a great sister. No, I never got to be the older sibling, so I... I never got to be the older sister. I said sibling. I know, I'm kidding. Okay, well, I'm just... I, I just feel for Tess, because having been the youngest sibling and never having been able to be the older sibling, I understand being blamed you for things Tess that you didn't, didn't do. fuck with oh, me well, yeah, just no, as I, much as I fucked with her? You're not wrong. She may you're be three wrong. years younger than me, but she's a smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> she did graduate like two and a half years <laughs> early, so yeah, anyway, she's a pretty smart Anyway, moving back to the fucking story. Anyway, sorry. Um, so the police didn't actually come up to the house, and uh, not that they would have been able to save anyone, but bet they fucking regretted that, huh? Yeah. So if the fucking cops can show up and knock on my door when 
Yeah. When anyway. like it was just a kid hanging up, but like it was an altercation at a party, still something that should be investigated if yeah. it, that could get out of hand. Yeah. And obviously it was a little bit more than just an altercation at a party. So Judy was a postal, postal service worker um, and they had to go back to work the day after Christmas. So when she didn't show up, her best friend and coworker Linda immediately became concerned and left to go check in on her. She showed up to the house around 8 a.m. and again, the gate was locked, so she went around it and approached the house to knock. After no answer, she attempted to open the front door, which was unlocked. She looked through the door after she pushes it open and sees the body of Scott. At first thinking that it was probably carbon monoxide poisoning, but upon further inspection, she discovers the bullet wounds and blood. Too scared to look at Erica, she assumes it's Judy and runs into the master bedroom to use the landline in there to call the police. Oh, could you imagine walking in on your friend's entire family and them having been murdered? And I just, it's so sad that like she immediately knew something was wrong and she left work to go check. Yeah. It was that out of character for Judy. So um, she remained on the line with them for around 30 minutes, minutes explaining how she knew Judy and some of the other details of what she saw. She told them she knew that Michelle was upset with her parents over some money and said she lived on the property and the gate was locked from the inside. Linda was worried that Michelle might have been responsible and even more so freaked out because she thought that she might still be there on the property. Yeah. Which I would be horrified. Oh, yeah. No, I'd if I like, walked in on that scene. I would probably not have gone into the bathroom. I probably would have like run to a neighbor's house because I would have well, been so scared. Well, what year did you say that this was? Um, this is in 2007. Okay, so, so it would be a reasonable time for some people to have cell phones, but still understandable for not everybody phone, to have a cell or, phone. Yeah, I think she, it said she didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. So, three hours into the investigation, Miss Michelle and Joseph pull up to the house, seemingly unfazed by the police presence or by the death of Judy and Wayne. During questioning by the police, the couple... T- couple told them that they had stopped by the parents house on christmas eve before heading to las vegas to get married supposedly they had just gotten lost on the way there and decided to turn around and come back which is like that's incredible wow. story yeah 10 that out was of 10. really well you thought out you guys really like came up with a solid plan i went to go to las vegas uh, but, but i, I got couldn't lost, find out so to get I there around. yeah dumb ass bitches uh, the cops asked Michelle why she thought that they were at her house and she broke down. She took responsibility saying it wasn't Joseph's fault and that as soon as she fired the gun, she felt terrible, which so I have to fucking disagree with. She felt terrible with. and she continued exactly. to fire repeatedly and be like, oh, I'm out of bullets. Kill the kids. Right. You felt terrible enough to shoot your own brother three more times after you shot him initially once yeah. in front of his children and his wife? You really sound like you yeah, felt you bad really about that. Yeah, you really felt bad, you stupid piece of shit. Um, and it's like, you would have called an ambulance if you felt bad. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like You would have tried to save them. Yeah, th- when you're Go saying that, yourself. that reminds me of the story you told uh, a couple episodes ago. Diane the, Downs. Yeah, Diane Downs, bitch. the mom that drove sorry, the kids that she shot. I don't want to call her that shot. because that's not the right word to use for that. But she was a horrible fucking person. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like you literally murdered your niece and nephew. And she said that they were witnesses and that they would have had to grow up being scarred from the memory of what they witnessed. So, just so it would just be better instead, for them obviously. to die. 
Hogarth. Nope, that's Karen. Oh, she was sorry, playing was with playing the little bell on, on the Hobie. Christmas tree. Um. So yeah, it just really would have been better to murder no one in the first place, Michelle. Yeah, as it usually goes. As for motive, she told the police that she had grown tired of her family, quote, stepping all over her. She claimed that her brother owned her owed her thousands of dollars, which he would not pay back. It said like forty thousand dollars, and I couldn't Sounds fake. Yeah, sounds fake. She was also upset that her parents wanted her to start paying rent to live on the property. Yeah, After they had been living there rent-free for a year. First of all, bitch, you're 29 and, and you don't know the concept of rent? And you don't have $40,000 to loan your brother yeah, if you, you can't even pay rent. you dumb? Yeah. No. Oh, my God. It's just... It's just not real. So, she had decided on murdering her family two weeks prior to Christmas Eve and asked her boyfriend to help her. So that was like very premeditated. Yeah. And she's like admitting to that. It wasn't just a spur of the moment thing. That was no. very premeditated. No, no, no. And like you, br- you brought a gun to Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. No. At the property that you live on, your parents' house, where you would probably think that you would feel safe. And I, I don't know. So on the 28th, uh, they were both charged with, uh, they were arrested on six counts of aggravated murder each. Michelle expressed that she wanted the death penalty and thought she deserved to die for the killings. Which, like, sorry, sweaty. You don't get to decide if you don't want to live with the consequences of your actions. Exactly. You feel bad about it? Mm. You should. Rot. You should. Literally rot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The judge wanted to pursue the death penalty as well, but our governor at the time and our current governor, Jay Inslee, is against the death penalty. Which wow, I did not realize same. he had been the governor for that long. Yeah, he's been the governor for quite a while. Wow. Um, I don't really agree with the death penalty either because I think it's just too flawed of a system, and I don't really think that we should be playing God. It's not, and a, it's killed too many innocent right people to, of color yeah. that get charged for crimes they clearly didn't commit. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, you're like another episode <sighs> to go Literally. over. So, and I would rather her, I mean, there's, there's the select few like serial killers and stuff. They're just so incredibly depraved that I'm like, yeah, you need to die. Yeah. You need to fucking die. That's intense. But like, I'm sorry. Some people have done. Not to condone violence, but like, they usually get their their own in prison. Skin their mothers. Exactly. Yeah. like Like they usually get what's coming to them in prison. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Um, anyway, so, uh, during his testimony, Joseph was basically doped up on meds for anxiety and depression. So he was acting super weird. And like, at one point he was even like laughing kind of hysterically. And then he was like, oh, he was like trying to apologize it being like, oh, that was super weird that I did that. And it's like, yeah, that was fucking weird. You know weird. what else was super weird? And I, you I don't murdering judge... your girlfriend's family. Yeah. <laughs> you know what was fucking weird, Joseph? Yeah, the reason why you're here today. So. Um, yeah, so I, I don't want to judge somebody's actions just based off of that if they're like extremely doped up, but you also murdered an entire family, so fuck you. Including two children. Um... After discovering that Michelle had not been able to load the bullets into the gun herself, Joseph had done it for her. The judge said, quote, I think we've established none of these murders would have happened without you, end quote. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Joseph basically said he knew that there was no excuse for his actions, but at the time of the crime and due to his mental state, he believed that he had to do it. He said that he, he I watched a couple videos of him during his testimony and he was like, I'm not trying to excuse myself. I'm just trying to explain my actions. And he's like, basically like, I'm fucked up. I don't know what to say. Like, and he mentioned like, you know, he took, he took these people away from other people that love them. Like, it's terrible. So on May 15th of 2015, he wasn't oh, charged whoa. actually until 2015. Wait, so was he like It took almost 10 years. That whole time? Well, uh, I, be- they, I think they were both like, like in, in custody. Ja- in, okay, yeah. In um, jail, but not prison. Yeah, so they're serving time. Okay, I, that I'm makes sense. Yeah, because I was like, at least I, Michelle no was, but they, I'm, they would I'm pretty sure they both were. Like two murderers just be walking around the whole time. Yeah. So, but during, you never know the American justice. system. Oh my system. god. Yeah. There's been plenty of times when they're like, "Oh, you raped someone? It's fine. You're a violent fucking rapist. Yeah, it's fine. You don't need to do anything. Just go roam the streets at night." AKA, what was the movie we watched the other day? Um, Promising young woman. Oh my god, promising yeah. young woman. Great <laughs> movie. Scarring. Triggering. Very, very scarring. Um, but a great movie. Anyway, so during her trial, the jury was like kind of confused because she kept going back and forth between saying that she felt super horrible and that she was a monster, but then saying that she hated her family and they had abused her for years. She brought up money more than thirty or around thirty five times. Jeez. during her trial as explanations for killing them <clears throat> so like, the judge was like the reason she did this is pure unadulterated greed yep. she's just a greedy ass bitch that sounds about um, right um so it was revealed that out of all of the people in the family she hated erica the most because she felt that she had stolen her brother from her so to me okay. she's either just so Extremely you're mad mentally at your brother unwell. because he owes you money, quote unquote, but then it's you're mad at Erica because she well, stole your brother away from there's you? There's kind of a weird feeling to me there if she's mentioning abuse because I'm like, either she's just really mentally unwell and she's not really seeing the real reality of things, or there actually was abuse in her family and she has some weird attachment to her brother because of that. True. And that could be a reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that anything is really an excuse for killing someone unless no, you but like, hurt a child or something. Yes. Even then. But like... But like, especially if it's in self-defense. Oh, like, yeah. It's just... No, there's no excuse. You don't have to do that. Just fucking don't talk to your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... um, No. So... Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people that do that have really bad childhoods and go through really terrible things that don't turn out as murderers. Yes, so exactly. they they do great things and become great people. They get and away help from others. their family and and like and obviously in some situations it's hard to get away from your family and like especially in situations of abuse it can be very hard to oh, get yeah, away from and your like, family. You don't know what, how much you've suppressed and yeah. all that. So But still, especially in this case, no reason for murder. No, no, never. At one point during the trial, she had an angry outburst and yelled at the judge, saying that she wanted to press charges against her court-appointed attorneys. She supposedly thought that they were lying to her, Mm. and she blamed the judge for not allowing her to temporarily leave jail to find different legal counsel, and she said it wasn't a violation of her rights. Okay. It's like, you You violated other people's rights rights, by murdering them. You killed your family. Yeah. It wasn't until May of 2016, so... Oh, 
almost 10 years. Jeez. Um, that she was also sentenced to life. Wait, the so her boyfriend got sentenced the year before, but she wasn't sentenced for a whole nother year after yeah, that? Yeah, and this, this whole thing cost so oh. much. Oh, I'm in sure. Like, I'm sure. So unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. Unnecessary. Um, Pam Mantle, Erica's mom, said during sentencing, quote, I don't think you're big and tough, Michelle. I think you're a bully and a coward. I'm brokenhearted. Every day I miss those six people, unquote. Ugh. And last but very certainly not least, her, mister, her sister Mary said to Michelle, quote, it kills me. I loved you so much. Just know they loved you, unquote. Oh. Literally. Yeah actually that, just oh. rip my heart out and stomp all over it that hurts so that's the very very sad story of jude judy and wayne anderson and their family On christmas little, eve little um olivia and nathan little poor nathan three years old five years old that's so sad yeah so Ugh. fuck you, Michelle. Fuck you, Joseph. You both deserve what you got. Yeah. And you got what was coming to you. All the bad things. All the bad Sorry. things. Sorry. Yep. Ugh. All right. <laughs> well, let's switch so things right up a little here bit. Here is where the future <laughs> ads will go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beep boop. Right I mean, we already have ads because we're rich. Yeah. Yeah. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, we are making oodles and oodles of cash. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, we are going to switch gears now, get a little happier-ish. Uh, I would say I'll preface my story with it's not all happy. I most mean, things actually, aren't. Most, most of my stories are not all happy, um, but there there are good points to it. Um, so um, You're only allowed to choose stories that don't exist where nothing bad happens. Where everything is good in the world and no ill will is towards anybody ever. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's the world Life, that I live in. you have in. to. Yeah. I'm just going to... making up shit. I said something to Pearl like a couple weeks ago that we're going to have to make a podcast eventually that's a quote-unquote true crime podcast um, that is all just fake and it's all just made up and it's <laughs> all just stories that we just... Uh, the untrue crime podcast. The untrue uh, crime. I call that an idea and if you take it, I'm coming for you I'm legally. I'm suing you. It, untrue crime trademark. Um can you yeah. Get, can you get That's in trouble for said. saying trademarking no. something without actually trademarking it? Maybe. Call the judge. <laughs> Call the judge. Okay. Anyway, so for my story today, um, it's not so much about a person, but a natural wonder. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Queensland, Australia. Um, so I got my uh, my sources for today are the Queensland website, uh, bbc.com, uh, the Climate Council website, Climate Hot Map website, and the Good News Network website. Um, so I've been wanting to do a story about like positive changes in the natural world since we've started the podcast. And while looking through articles on the Good News Network, I found one about the super bloom of spawning coral that occurs once a year in the Great Barrier Reef. Um, super bloom. Super bloom. Very exciting. I love the sound of that. Um, while my stories have some more positive aspects, like I was saying, um, in the change of the health of the barrier reef, it's still 
um, is facing j- dangers to its life that I will get into as I get into my story. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we don't we don't be very we have not been very folks. kind to our world as a whole. No. Um, and yeah, I've got I've, I've got some information about that in here. Um, so the Great Barrier Yay. Reef has been under attack most noticeably most noticeably between 1995 to the present, uh, where in between that time, the reef has lost m- half or more of all of its coral. Um, to put that into perspective, the size of the Great Barrier Reef is, um, so it's 2,900 separate coral reefs uh, spanning about 1,400 miles or about 2,300 kilometers with a square mileage of uh, 134,600 miles or about 348,700 square kilometers. That's not very much. That is the equivalent of 70 million football fields. Or similar to the size of Italy, Japan, Germany, or Malaysia. So it's basically the size of like a Just whole a little, country. Just a little Italy. A little Italy. Italy. A little Italy. A little Italy. Anyway, so yeah, the, the Great Barrier Reef is humongous. Um, so you could imagine that losing half its coral has a devastating uh, impact to the yeah, ecosystem of the entire world. Um yeah so it's um so the reason for the loss of this coral is due to coral bleaching coral bleaching is when the algae or uh, zooxanthellae in the tissue of the coral that gives it those vibrant colors is expelled due to unusually high or unusually low temperatures in the water as an um as an article talks about on the climate hot map website um a site about global warming effects around the world Cor- uh, the quote is, corals are marine animals. Their spectacular coloration comes from symbiotic algae, which also nourishes them. When corals are stressed by sustained increases in ocean temperature, they can lose their nourishing algae, exposing the coral's white carbonite uh, mineral structure. Many coral species evolved to occupy a narrow temperature niche, so even small increases in water temperature can cause coral bleaching. If the stress continues, the corals die. So um, over the last 20 to 25 years, these bleaching events have been happening increasingly all over the world due to global climate change. So this isn't just happening in the um, Great Barrier Reef. This is reefs all over the world with the rising temperatures in the water. Um, unfortunately for the Great Barrier Reef, Australia is one of the largest exporters of fossil fuels. Um, and a quote from the BBC article, Australia champions the use of coal, gas and oil. Um, so it is not only the heavy air and water pollution of the coal and oil industry in Australia, but also illegal fishing, coastal development and tourists damaging coral that threaten the life to this natural beauty. So it's like thing after thing. And um, we don't care about anything but money. Yeah, because I was I think if I have this number correct, the coal and oil industry in Australia creates about six billion dollars in revenue um so but uh, so many like climate change experts have been like you guys need to change to renewable energy or you're gonna fuck us all it it, like it's gonna not that america is any better yeah i'm not saying that we're much better on that but uh, yeah there's a lot that everybody needs to do so 
Um, from the effects of climate change, global water temperatures have increased by one degree Fahrenheit or uh, 0.7 degrees Celsius, and the waters specifically around the Great Barrier Reef have risen 0.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 0.4 Celsius, causing three mass bleaching events in the last five years alone. So I know, like, uh, just a fraction of a degree doesn't really seem like a big well, deal. No, I mean, when it comes to an ecosystem but and all for that an shit. Entire ecosystem that is so temperature sensitive um it is it's had obviously such an a devastating impact three bleaching events within just the last five years and that that's yeah not counting all of the ones in the last 20 to 25 that have been going on so it's a it's a pretty big deal um Australia's government has made some pretty empty promises in regards to combating climate change, specifically that they have a pledge uh, that they have pledged um, a 2030 emissions goal of a 26 percent cut on 2005 levels. But the U.N. says it's not on track to meet that, um, which is Ooh, great. Cool, 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 awesome. cool, cool. Yeah, you can pledge anything you want, but you yeah, have uh, to actually follow through on it. That reminds me of every government ever. No, not every government, but certainly our government. Exactly. They're it's like, like, here, here's Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls Day. We're not actually going to fucking do anything about yeah, it, Yeah, we're going to make a day about it, but we're not actually going to change just anything that we're doing. shit all over you. Anyway. Yeah. No. Um, politicians and their empty promises. Ugh, I uh, love it. So, uh, also, despite pressure from the UN to commit to a goal of net zero emissions, they have not given in, even though a large ma- majority of the world has already committed including the u.s a lot of european nations um and a lot of uh asian countries and yeah they, they're just like nope we're good yeah we're it's fine. Like, come on join the big boys yeah like it's a loyal cause come on yeah don't you want to not yeah like, like don't you want to not your entire cease to country exist? your entire <laughs> continent uh yeah no exactly so Whew, it's messed up over there. Um, so it's imperative that together, Australia. the Australian government takes action to reverse the effects that they've caused while there's still time for healing. So far, the only attempt that they've made in combating the loss of the coral has been to try to wipe out large par- populations of crown of thorn starfish. A harsh predator of the coral, one starfish alone can wipe out large sections of coral this, however, will not save the reef itself, as climate change po- poses the much larger threat to sustaining the life of the reef. That seems shitty, too, that they... It's like, just yeah, have let's kill so this few, animal. Yeah, so few options of, that they would just have to, like, kill another animal that I'm... Sh- like, every every creature has its own purpose. Yeah, and, and the, the reason why the crown of thorn starfish has been so... Um, so much more detrimental to the life of the coral recently is because with the coral bleaching it um it doesn't allow for as many nutrients in the area for other predators of the starfish to stay living there so the starfish have been thriving and multiplying because they feed off of the coral so all when all of the other animals are gone they've got all the food that they could possibly want and no predators to take them out. So when it's a balanced ecosystem, those starfish are doing just fine. They can snack on coral all they want because they have other predators keeping their numbers in check. But when all of the emissions and everything and the pollution in the water and the acidification of the ocean, like killing all of the other predators, 
they're gone, and then that just leaves the starfish there to snack on all the coral they could possibly want. So that's why it's so important to keep such a balanced ecosystem all around the world is because it keeps predators and prey in check. Um, so Yeah, freaking hands off my coral. Exactly. So it's like your decision is to just kill a bunch of starfish instead well, of I mean, doing something that betters <sighs> the world. Yeah, exactly. It's like, jeez. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. It's like, come on. Like, come on, bro. Like, get it together. Um, a glimmer of hope in a dark situation was the recent coral spawning event that took place after the last full moon this month in November. So this was very recent. This was actually just like a week or so ago, um, over like right after the last full moon. I think moon. I saw something about that, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's pretty incredible. Um, so coral spawning happens once a year in the Great Barrier Reef and is typically sometime between late November to early December. Um, the coral will release sperm and eggs into the water when the conditions are just right um, to plant and fertilize new corals. And I loved the description that multiple of the websites that I um, read were they were like the the conditions were just perfect. The water was clear and glassy and the moon was full and it was just the absolute perfect mm, conditions God. for um, this spawning event to happen. I love me full moon. Ugh, moon energy is healing the vibes the vibes um so this spawning event does happen every year but this year in particular was a year that inspired hope in a lot of people uh the reef teach team in australia was out there monitoring it the whole three nights um that the event took place the first night they posted on twitter quote unbelievably beautiful spawning from last night the party sure has started and the corals are going off so pop very off, exciting to course. hear pop off girly you can get it um so the reach t- let's uh, get the, the let's get it shit let's get top of the morning anyway sorry um reef tea the reef reef tea mm. reef tea oh reef or tea oh okay <laughs> um Reef Teach marine scientist Gareth Phillips talks in a video of theirs after the first night about how these spawning events have gone in the past and what the difference is with um, this one. Past events have either been one big cloud released all at once of the um, of the sperm and eggs or slow trickles throughout the span of a few hours. This year, it was on and off in, cons- in constant spurts and of many spawns being released over about the span of four hours or so. Um, I'll put some pictures on our Instagram when we post about this episode of the spawning event. Um, it's super cool to see, and it just looks like a bunch of... Because they go out at, at night and do it because it, all these spawning events happen at night. And so it looks like just a sky full of stars as they're shining their lights on all of these spores around. It just looks like a big old sky full of stars because there there were a lot released. It w- it was amazing to um like watch their videos and see their pictures of it. So I'll be posting some of those that. uh pictures on there so everybody can see that. Um, so and then I'll also tag the Reef Teach team. Um, they have an Instagram page. They've got a longer video of uh, Gareth talking about the event and other videos of the event happening. Um, Gareth's optimistic reaction to this year's coral spawning is a good sign because he has spent the last 10 years monitoring these events in the Great Barrier Reef. So of all people, he knows how fantastic this year was compared to um, previous years. 
Um, after all these trials and tribulations the reef has gone through, it was still able to release billions of coral spawns, more than it has in many years past, giving hope to the future of the reef. However, as I mentioned before, the reef still faces extinction under the pressure of human pollution and damage and the starfish predators. So while there is hope in the mass spawning, it is still not a cure-all for the health of the reef. I just really hope that uh, the government of Australia will get their much-needed wake-up call to make bigger steps towards carbon neutrality and sustainable power. After all, uh, the, um, after all the intense ecological disasters they've already had to deal with, the major wildfires last year being one example, which those, I mean, just here, seeing mean, all the articles... I mean, every year it's like... God. Worse and worse. I mean, we so we live in Washington State, and uh, we've talked about this a lot. Like, we didn't have the same kind of forest fires every year that we have or now. Or the kind of heat in the summer. Or the that kind we have. of heat. I mean, I I'm I, like I've talked about before. Like, I'm pretty big out into the outdoors, and there were so many times just this last year that I got smoked out on backpacking trips and hikes, and it was like it just got hard to breathe while I was out there, and that didn't used to happen. Like, there would be forest fires every now and again, but not ones that would like absolutely cloud up half or more of the entire well state. no i mean they the for the past couple summers there's been like basically don't go outside warnings like and guys, like don't, don't even open your windows air. like i i remember um not just uh, it wasn't just this last summer but the summer before like i i love having my windows open at night during the summer as does most everybody nice fresh air but i had there was a solid two weeks that i just had to keep my windows closed because if i left them open overnight i would wake up absolutely hacking up a lung yeah and of course it was like also during the height of covid so everyone was like it's trapped inside <laughs> it's stuffy and then you can't go outside because well, it's also oh, smoke God. you're smoked out yeah i just remember like in my childhood the summers being so mild and honestly perfect great mixture of like still having some rain but like really super mild and beautiful but now an it's state, just but. not that we don't have beautiful summer days but it's not the same anymore it's really sad yeah i, w I was i uh once a year i do a uh, week-long uh backpacking trips on sections of the pacific crest trail and this last year the last uh it's like two and a half days that me and my friends were out on our trip like we ended up having to do a lot more miles in the day than we thought we would just so we could get out of there earlier because we couldn't see anything the temperature got up to 105 degrees and we were walking through a previous burn area that was from a forest fire from uh i believe it was 2016 or 2017 um and we were down around the mount adams area and we just had to book it out of there because we were like getting heat exhaustion and breathing in smoke and like walking through this burn down and it was just horrible and so also just just a very quick side note when events like these are happening and everyone's melting and it's 105 degrees outside and you're still going to restaurants and getting served by people be nice to them yes pearl and i also both work in the restaurant industry we and didn't have AC. Yeah, our AC broke on the day that it was 108 degrees, I believe it got up to. And 
uh, we were and we were still wearing masks at the time. Well, I mean, we're still wearing masks, but um, like we had to be inside, no AC, wearing masks with people being like begrudging and yelling. Oh yeah, at us. it was really so fun. Just just, just be, absolutely be nice yeah. to your I servers. I mean, and that nice. is that you know we could have it a lot worse. Yeah, but anyway, but I yeah, just just be to nice to people. Um, yeah, for the planet. So yeah, I really hope that Australia gets the wake-up call that they need um, because they're running out of time to save the lives of their own inhabitants and the natural world around them. Um, I know this story was a a bit different from most of mine um, have been up to this point, and it didn't end on quite the same positive note that mine usually do, but I just really, this story really stood out to me as I was looking for um, things to cover. I've talked a bit in the past about, like, how much the outdoors has played a part of my life, so I definitely intend to cover more episodes surrounded around the ecological disasters we are facing all around the world, but also the people that are doing amazing work in combating climate change and other ecological crises yeah it's really easy to get swept up in the climate um panic feeling which you know fair enough yeah. for good reason no for very good reason. but it's it's good to remember that there are really good things happening in our environment too and exactly and that's that's what people doing we're all things about. to make progress and heal our planet so yeah and one of my favorite i'm trying to find him real quick as we're getting to the end of the episode one of my favorite guys on TikTok that I want to there's been a couple of things that he's talked about that I want to cover um his whole TikTok is just based around um positive things a lot of them have to do with climate change and a lot of them are um outside of that but he's just got some really really great stuff he covers um his name is Sam Bentley and he's just got some really great stories. It's if you want to have some um, positivity on your um, feed as you're scrolling through TikTok, I would definitely suggest going over and following him because it's just really nice to have something that breaks up all of the negativity in our social media feeds because it's so easy to just focus on all the negatives. So 10 out of 10 would rec- uh, recommend uh, going to follow Sam Bentley. Also, uh, that reminded me of a creator that I follow on TikTok or I followed on my old account that got deleted and now I will refollow. But um, her name on there is the Garbage Queen and she makes a point of posting good climate news Um. To kind of combat that dread feeling that we all get these days when we see that the ocean's on fire and... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It definitely seems like most of our media has a highlight on the negatives and that's why... It's important to highlight the negatives so people know the reality, but it's also important not to get stuck in a dread spiral to where we think that we can't do anything to make things better. Because we can. That's what this whole podcast is about. Eat the rich! Sorry. No, yes, but <laughs> but <laughs> that's what this whole podcast is about and that's why we started this is to Exactly. Give what more are we telling balance. you? You fucking know you're the one who's no, listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't be listening if you didn't agree with us, but also you might be listening because you're one of our friends that we forced to listen and give us feedback. I don't Just kidding. Force Not forced. Nobody we doing forced that anybody. We have No, we have me? great friends. We have great friends who have been so 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 supportive. And um, and for yeah. the ones that listen to this episode down the line, and it's your first time listening, hi, hi, hey, Queen. Also, shout Took out to Savannah. Enough. Love Ooh, you, Queen. Shout you out have to been Savannah. Amazing. 
Yeah, you've given us very good feedback, and she was the first one to give us a little uh, review on Apple Podcasts. She gave Podcast. us our first five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which we greatly appreciate. We were and both, we like, were, crying. Oh, yeah, we were um, feeling very happy about it. Very supportive, um, and we love that. So if anybody else wants to boost our serotonin levels for yeah, the day, we would just love that. Yeah, give us a little review that. on Apple Podcast. That honestly helps us uh it, it just helps us get out there a little bit more and yeah it's honestly one of the best ways to help smaller podcasts is to um just give a quick five-star review on and maybe it. in the future when uh we get more reviews we can give out like a little reward for yeah. people who you know for random people who leave a review exactly we, we would love to be able to do prizes sometime and stuff like that so so thank you for listening yeah um, and if you have any stories of your own that you would want us to cover uh send us shoot us an email at yikes that's amazing podcast at gmail.com uh we always are posting things about our episodes on our story and our instagram which is just yikes that's amazing Amazing. Um, and we have a TikTok called, well, it's just Yikes, That's Amazing Pod. So you can go follow there to see little snippets little of the weird, episodes. Uh, we put little snippets of the episodes and make weird, quirky girl videos. We're also working on getting our episodes recorded with video. Um, and we do have a YouTube channel already. I've got one episode up on there so far, just the audio. But, yeah, you know, some people like to listen t- on YouTube. So, I don't know. So, yeah, if that's where you prefer Follow to listen to, check it out. Things. But also, obviously, if you're listening to it already, you're probably listening Give to it somewhere good else. good reviews. Send us to your mom. Send us to your dad. Send it to everybody Send in us your to your life. sister and your mother and your grandmother. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you back next time. And we hope you keep it sexy. Keep it sexy. Keep it safe. All right. (laughs) Bye.